ready to keep you company wherever you are. Carte Blanche, the podcast, brings you immersive, hard-hitting stories anytime, anywhere, every week. This is The Whole Week Wrap with Daily Maverick. From bricks to war games, why government is caught in the Kremlin, policy pains as a DA calls the ANC's cater deployment policy unconstitutional, and the art of stepping down. Perhaps our leaders could learn a thing or two. Also coming up later, a heartwarming update on a carte blanche story and how South Africans and the Western Cape are reclaiming their power. That and more coming your way in today's wrap. Thank you for joining us once again for your whole week wrap with myself, Masai Kigana, and my co-host, Feriel. Feriel, how are you doing this week? Very good. Thank you, Masa. Lovely to be with you again. Absolutely awesome. Lots, lots to talk about. Let's delve straight into it. Minister Naledi Pando receiving a lot of backlash and criticism regarding her visit and that she's hosting her counterpart. We've got the Russian Foreign Affairs Minister Lavrov, who is in South Africa. They are here for bilateral talks. Some aren't too happy about that, considering Russia has invaded another country, considering that there is a war currently going on because of this country. But also what we need to consider is that South Africa has taken a neutral stance and is a member of BRICS. What do you make of all of this that has happened with this state visit? You know, Masa, I was really interested to read a profile of Sergei Lavrov in the Financial Times. And they said while he can often come across as the barking voice of aggressive Russia, he is, in fact, really a very key diplomat on global stages, certainly at the UN and elsewhere. So this is part of his love in with the world as Russia seeks to extend its influence as it really comes under quite severe sanctions and pressure from Europe and from the US, both of whom are sending tanks to assist the Ukrainian war effort. Back home, it really has raised questions about whether South Africa is genuinely non-aligned, because at the same time, you'll be having war games started um, quite soon with a Russian warship making its way to our waters. This is because South Africa is chairing the BRICS grouping for this year, and that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, and then South Africa. Now, you know, Minister Pando has said that this is a natural cause of relations to host military drills in particular, which is what has brought quite a bit of concern when it comes to these military drills that are planned for next month with South Africa, Russia, and China. Do you think if we did not have what was going on in the Ukraine right now with Russia, it would be perceived the way it is being perceived right now. Not at all. I do think that South Africa has chosen to be in the BRICS. The BRICS is, of course, um, less powerful accommodation than it was perceived to be maybe when it was started a decade ago or when it was mm. first named by the Goldman Sachs director as as BRICS is a shaping force in the world. I think it's less so now if you look at um, the economies of each of those countries. But what I do think has happened is that with the Ukraine war, we have a vastly changed geopolitical setup. So where five years ago, um, these kind of war games might not have even raised an eyebrow, today they do make people wonder about where South Africa stands at the moment, especially if we claim non-aligned, but then we are hosting these kind of efforts on our shores. 
What I did wonder, though, is what are we going to put out there? Every time I look, all our warships, all our expensive armory we've bought is virtually on bricks and not really working that well. Absolutely. I want us to go to a very interesting case that the Daily Maverick has been covering pretty well. And if you haven't been following the Nulani case, I would suggest you actually check out Daily Maverick's work on this. You guys have a beautiful article that explains this case so well. So this um, Nulani or Nulane case, I'm not quite sure how Iqbal Sharma pronounces um, his company. Masa was one of the first examples. So while the money at play is quite small, it's one of the key cases, because what happened here is that this Gupta Front Company won a scoping project for what was going to be a city in the Free State. It wasn't put out to tender correctly. I think that $24 million was very quickly paid. And as we know from um, Iqbal Sharma's lifestyle in Johannesburg, that money went into then funding a very Bollywood-styled big life in Joburg, but also in India. And I mean, what a sad day it is when we consider 24.9 million rand of our money, just small money. It is in the greater scheme of things when we look at all the kinds of corruption we're dealing with. But 24.9 million rand being paid and nothing being done about this and just squandered is an awful lot of money. It's huge money. You know, I think we must often express these monies in terms of beat places at school. What's the cost of creating a decent job? The Harambi Accelerator, Employment Accelerator, tells us 350000 to 500000 um, will be able to put a young person into work sustainably. Um, and if you express it in those ways, we see how much is lost. And if you see how quickly the Free State Government release these funds for what actually became a, a project that went nowhere. It was literally a way of getting these millions out of the provincial fiscus very quickly um, and then multiplied by all the millions we see squandered. You can see the opportunity lost there. You know what's so upsetting about this corruption and it's just so brazen. I mean, it was also found in your reports that this Nulane or Nulani had no employees on its books. How do you even award such a tender to a company that has no employees. No employees, other than its founder, Iqbal Sharma, who then very quickly outsourced the project. I don't think they did any form of due diligence there. And I mean, that is just one example of many across the board. Um, and that's just looking at the free state, provincial government and one contract and one department. Absolutely. And I think it's the first of many. It's the first big marquee case where a Gupta front company where the case is in motion. A number of charges have been brought, but this is the first time where we'll be able to see the strength of the state's case. So we are back in the court. We've got our two big political parties, our biggest opposition, the Democratic Alliance, that's taken the ANC to court, challenging them on the cater deployment policy. You know, some would say that this is probably long overdue. In the State Capture Commission report, it also found that the cater deployment was part of the problem. And in the State Capture Commission report, it also found that it was unconstitutional and invalid and recommended that the ANC and every other party don't pick from deployment communities of political parties. You know, Masa, when I um, last year wrote a book on the Zondo Commission. I went to interview Judge Zondo soon after he had tabled his reports. And I must tell you that it was this 
critique of CADA deployment, which the report finds to be both unconstitutional and unlawful, which exercised him most in our interview. He laid out in some detail for me about why the commission had come to such a finding. And then from that report, the DA then built this case, although it has been studying and opposing CADA deployment for a much longer time. And I felt that the judge made such important points. Obviously, with his history, he said we had to acknowledge the need for CADA deployment um, in 1994, when the civil service then was nearly all white, and its purpose was to implement the apartheid um, of the time. You needed to change that, and you change systems by changing people. But 30 years on, I think that that is certainly a policy whose time is long past, and yet it's so intrinsic massa to the ANC at every level, region, province, who it chooses to put into state-owned enterprises, and even attempts uh, the judge found to appoint judges. So I do think that that's policy whose, whose time has come. It, it really should be at an end now. Yet what we saw at court this week was the ANC defending it to the hilt, and I do look forward to see what that judgment's going to look like when it does come out. And so defending it so much so that we've got President Cyril Ramaphosa sending his counsel to the Pretoria High Court to ask that this application be dismissed with cost. Yes. So it's it's really been interesting to me that while on the one hand our president speaks about the need for skills, often about the need for international and independent skills to solve our various crises, most notably the energy crisis, but yet he is a very core defender of this policy. He defended it at the State Capture Commission when he went to answer both as the head of state and as the head of the ANC. Yeah, I mean, because can you imagine if we had the right CEOs, the right CFOs, the right officials in their correct positions doing their jobs? Can you imagine? Very different country. Oh my gosh, it really would be the most beautiful country because that's all that's missing. Ferial and Masa now bring us a global perspective as they look at some of the world's noteworthy headlines. As you saw with the resignation of Jacinda Ardern the other week, it gave me a sense of when you put the right people in office, you get good outcomes. Huh? What an emotional farewell that was and what emotional maturity of a leader to say, you know, I can't take this anymore. And I think I should step aside and give it to somebody, let somebody else lead, to so know that, when to leave. Must it, didn't it just go down as one of those resignation speeches that are going to enter the annals of history as, as a great? And I think it was because she's a woman that she could show her vulnerability and say, to be frank, I just don't have enough Petrol in the tank. And I love how she said to her baby, I'll I'll be there at your first day of school. And and to her partner, let's get married now. We finally have the time. I thought it was beautiful. It was stunning. I mean, her parting words to say, I'm ready to be a backbench MP. I'm not leaving politics, Hentland. I'm ready to be a sister and a mum. Oh, beautiful. Oh, Reminded me of when Madiba stood down after one term. Similar kind of sentiments. You don't have to stay forever. Absolutely. Really, really world-class leadership, that. Need a pick-me-up? It's time for some more green shoots as Ferial and Masa tell us some good news. 
this is my favorite part as you know what you've introduced our green shoots yes. and i would again for this week like to kick start because you have inspired us a couple of months ago card blanche did a story on a campaign called sports for lives and sports for lives is actually more of a movement it's it's tries for lives birdies for lives and what it encourages is high school athletes to play beyond the goal to play beyond the win so for every win money would be donated to a special cause for every birdie that is made in golf then some proceeds would be sent to a deserving cause and this is a beautiful way of getting high school learners still interested in sports but also caring about the world beyond their walls and we met an exceptional young man named Ubuko and Ubuko was in grade 8 at the time at Salborne College and he unfortunately when he was too contracted a very rare meningitis which resulted in him losing his legs and his fingers the boys at Salborne College have been raising funds through sports for Ubuko they needed 600,000 rand to be able to get him a mechanical hand and i can gladly report that they have reached their target of 600,000 rand and Ubuko will be having a new hand a mechanical hand oh. where he'll finally be able to write to catch a ball to pick up a glass to send a text message oh. you know um just all the things we take for granted and i am so excited that not only that they reached the target not only is Ubuko's life going to change but this project is continuing and it's going to affect so many more people just beautiful when i watched that piece i just thought what a beautiful young man such a spirit i watched him getting that award in in the clip that you did with him so to think that he's now going to have an additional limb to do all this amazing work with that's that's a life worth following and what a gift from his fellow learners and from his friends absolutely any good news from your side must i always try and look for good news i guess for <laughs> you hunt for good news <laughs> i do um a lesson from my uncle who said that when i edited it felt like the newspapers made him want to cut his wrist so now i always look for good news and i suppose this week i am looking at the work of the cape town mayor jordan hill lewis who this week added to the feedback tariffs which carte blanche has reported on and during this year people who have put solar into their homes will be able to feed back into the grid. I know that it's been happening but this time they promised that it will be at some scale. Obviously this is for people who can afford solar but what it does do is take pressure off the city grid and I think Cape Town is really showing its mettle in coming up with a number of steps to ease the burden of the power crisis on the people who live there. Cape Town really is leading the pack with this. We went there and spoke to the mayor Gordon Hill Lewis and they really are ahead of the curve in every other city. Absolutely and and you you showed that very graphically where small businesses who put solar in are they weren't quite making back costs yet but at least it had started and if that happens at scale around our country if we get offered a tax rebate for putting in place solar you will see us be able to take down the load shedding stages quite rapidly as usual south africans are showing that it's in our hands and we're going to make a plan around this We did an amazing drone shot in suburbia and it was amazing to see the number of solar panels on rooftops. Is it happening? I saw on your on your Sunday night walk around that it's happening quite quickly, huh? 
yes it was quite incredible to see we actually took a drive out thinking oh let's drive around and see if we can find an area that has lots of solar panels yes. and we weren't short of any Wow, so it's happening really quickly. I saw a stat this week that says solar companies are getting five to seven thousand calls a week, and I think that they're now at installation of seventy-five to one hundred installations being completed per day, and there's now a three-month lead time or waiting list um, for solar if you want to put it up. I just want to move along, and I hope it's going yes. to be a green shoot. On the first of Feb, the president goes into his cabinet lehotla. This is setting the governing agenda for 2023, and of course, I think a story that's going to keep us quite busy for February is to begin understanding is how is this new cabinet of the president going to shape, and when will he do that cabinet reshuffle? I hope that he will bring some bright sparks in. To assist in governing, so that we can see real improvements in our lives. And hopefully, these cabinet reshuffles aren't announced at midnight or at some ungodly hour when it's dark. <laughs> to remember when we had to wait till three in the morning. I remember those days. Well, thank you so much, Ariel. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you, Masa. Thanks for listening. Catch us again next week for another whole week wrap. Until then, why not join the conversation on Twitter, Facebook, and everywhere else? We always love hearing from you.